millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Penham here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a one-all away win in the third round of the FA Cup. Yes, you're hearing that right, ladies and gentlemen. Aston Villa have won an FA Cup match. It's not against Stevenage. It was, of course, against Middlesbrough. It wasn't very pretty, so we will only talk about that for a brief little bit here, and then we'll move on to things like, of course, the FA Cup draw, and we'll get into who Villa have drawn it there. We'll also look at some transfer stuff and probably primarily talk about John Duran as well, because there's been lots um, of speculation surrounding him in the media. And then we'll probably finish off with a little bit of chit-chat about Everton on Sunday at Goodison Park. But nonetheless, we do have Mr. Sebastian Bacon here as well with me. Mr. Consistent lately, so Mr. Consistent, how's it going for you? Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know what's going on. Um, I keep being invited back. I don't know why. I don't know whether you're you're struggling for people or whether you're feeling well, or maybe it's just pity at this point. But as always, it's it's a pleasure to be back and talking about a Villa win. That always makes it 10 times better. Well, I think the thing is, Seb, though, when I'm sitting back and looking at it, I do literally ask the group chat, the Holtcast group chat on WhatsApp, if everyone's available after every game. So it's whether people respond or not, or if they don't respond, I have to individually message them because you are all just a bunch of troublemakers and I have to heckle and hassle you down to get you to respond but i'm not uh, as bad as danny put it that way well i mean danny is always part of this parish but he's basically like the old mop bucket that's kind of just kind of like fallen in behind in the janitorial closet in the parish that they've been looking for and looking for and can't find (laughs) it but when we do find it it'll be well utilized and well worth it for that one time he probably jumps on this podcast i don't know if that's a good reference or not but regardless i just came up with that so if you do think that's a good reference and you're not subscribed to this podcast and never listened before please be sure to do that but anyways (laughs) (laughs) let's get to the game that just let's be honest ladies and gentlemen it was a game that was utter crap and that's not a really great way to start promoting um the start of a podcast with a villa win but all in all it is a Villa win in the FA Cup. Like I said, a 1-0 win over Middlesbrough. Matty Cash getting the winner in the 87th minute from a Dougie Louise assist. I mean, it was via a massive deflection, we do have to say. But uh, you know what? If you don't shoot and you don't try, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, Seb, it wasn't, like I said, a, a beautiful game by any means. But, I mean, Villa won, so who cares, right? Yeah, we were, we were talking before before we started recording um just about how how many times Villa have actually gone past the third round in the FA Cup and I think we worked out that in my lifetime we've only gone past the third round was it four times we said I think four or five let's preface when you were born though 2004 exactly so I think it's four times 
So, so about four or five times. So, so something of a rarity. And people who who listen to the preview will know that I went into this one not very optimistic. Um, you know, we sort of we sort of assumed that Villa and FA Cup were a horror story that could well continue, especially after last year when I was I was more confident than anyone, especially given the opposition, um, and I was brutally brought back down to earth. But no, Villa completed the job in typical Unai Emery fashion who who doesn't go with the Villa law book he likes to he likes to make his own rules up um and it was it was a thoroughly professional performance I think it was deserved in the end um as much as I'd have been annoyed with a replay I also would have felt hard done by because I do believe we were the better team on the day and it was nice to see some of our first team players starting in that one given that we only have three games in January this month um well two league games actually so four games now with with Chelsea in the next round so with with a sparse sparse January it's nice to see that we're able to put out strong sides and and eventually that's what got us over the line like you said it wasn't pretty but um I'd take a few more pretty performances because then before you know it we might just be walking to Wembley well, I mean, let's let's hope if we do walk into Wembley, it's better than the last time. And I don't have to bring up the 14-15 uh, Cup final. We all know what happened there against Arsenal. But all in all, uh, like you were saying there, it was, it was good to see a good mix. Of course, you had Emi Martinez in goal, a back line of Matty Cash, Ezri Konza, Clement Longley, and Alex Moreno. It was nice to see Longley getting a few more minutes. Of course, there was lots of speculation around his Villa future in terms of the rest of his loan spell this season, a midfield holding pair of Bubakar Kamara and, of course, Leonard Dendonker. Good to see him get some more minutes as well because I think he's going to be massively underrated in terms of utilization for the rest of the season. I just think we're going to have to with hopefully Villa potentially going far in the FA Cup, let's hope, and we still got Europe in the Premier League, and I think that's something at this point in time when the legs started to get a little bit more tired throughout the season, he might need to be leaned on a little bit more. Of course, he had an attacking trio behind John Duran up top of Leon Bailey, John McGinn, and Jacob Ramsey. And maybe we'll talk about this one first, Seb, and that would be Jacob Ramsey. And I, I think it's important because I've seen a lot of people, especially on social media, and we all know social media folks are the most non-reactionary, unbiased, uh, level-headed people for the most part. And I say that with the utmost um, sarcasm. But there was a lot of talk on Twitter, X, Facebook, whatever, in regards to his performances since, since coming back from injury. And I, mean, I think it's important to preface that he hasn't really played much for a good long while now. And a lot of people wondering if he's lost a step maybe with the injury and then, of course, kind of re-aggravating and being out for a little bit more now coming back over the last little bit. Where do you sit with Jacob Ramsey? Because for me, I think it's kind of an open and shut case as you could compare it to the John McGinn injury and how long it took him to get back to even a, a decent level. But where do you sit with it? John McGinn injury. Do you not remember when John McGinn had the injury during our first season back in the Premier League? And then everyone has wondered when he finally came back. He was just, they thought he was so poor. We we lost the John McGinn we know and love. He won't be this, playing the same kind of style. And then, of course, that turned out to be rubbish because look at John McGinn now. It just it just takes some players a lot longer. I don't remember him being injured. Do you not remember? It was, the, like, was it against Spurs or something he got injured? I feel like he's played every game for us since he signed. He's one of those players, isn't he? 
Well, you know what? There we go. I refreshed your memory, but I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll take your word for it. I'm not disputing it. <laughs> Getting on to the the actual question about Jacob Ramsey, um, I try not to listen to to the outside noise too much. You you mentioned it yourself. He's he's been out with a big injury, um, and he was out for quite some time. And you've got to remember, he's coming back into a team that is absolutely flying. I think it'd be easier to look better coming back from injury in a team that's perhaps struggling. Um, which we are are certainly not at the moment. But I actually thought he had a really good game at the weekend. Um, I thought it was one of his better performances. I was sat watching it with my brother. And I, I remember saying about 15, 20 minutes in, going, oh, you know, Ramsey's playing well today. He probably dropped off second half. But again, he's still getting up to match fitness. This phrase is used quite a lot within football and when players come back from injury. But he didn't have a pre-season He's almost having to endure that while we play competitive matches. And that can only be a good thing for him. I do think he will be back to his best before long. Unai Emery clearly trusts him because he's been getting the starts, not only in the Cups and Europe, but also in the leagues as well. So he must be getting there in terms of match fitness and in terms of you know rehabilitation within his body and getting back to his best. So I... I have full faith that he will be back to the level that we we know and love. I I do also think that it's a shame because when he got his injury, he was playing out of his skin. Perhaps some might even say overperforming um, towards the end of last season. So maybe their expectations will have been heightened by that fact. But I I certainly don't think it's anything to to worry about or to to waste any any thought or, or lost sleep over. I don't think so either. Like like I've said before, and you said there um, so very well, Seb, it, it does take some players longer than others. And again, it's competitive football versus preseason and being able to get over something like that. And I guess you could say them in, in less pressured situations when you're throwing someone right into the fire out of necessity. It's completely different. And I don't think he's played terribly it's just the fact that it's going to take him a little while to get back to 100 percent. and if you probably asked him he's probably feeling close to that it's just getting that match sharpness is probably the next level and again i didn't think he played that poorly i mean even when you look at how middlesbrough set up i mean they're very very rugged uh they were playing in a i mean it really kind of went between like a four two three one with five at the back the striker would kind of tuck in and then they would even play with it felt like six at the back or they'd have three players holding in defensive mid they were really really compact in the middle it was just basically all villa down the wings and that's basically the space that they would give them and then of course with them looking to play on the break once in a while um i i think it's really harsh to lean into someone in this game when you know you're coming into a championship side no disrespect to middlesbrough who you know they're going to sit back and that's probably one of villa's biggest struggles especially under Unai Emery's player teams that like to sit back and we still win it's not pretty but that's really at the end at the end of the day that all that matters and I think people have to get over this oh we're going to play liquid beautiful football every single game and win every game 3-1 or 4-2 or something like that you have to win the ugly ones as well and this is a perfect, perfect uh, evidence of that. And let's be honest, I, I can't remember the last time we played Middlesbrough probably in the last 10 years where it's been a, an absolute barn burner. I feel like they've all been pretty low scoring and quite turgid and 
hard fought results. And this one's no different, but I mean, overall a win's a win. It was good to see a lot of players getting some much, much needed rest. Nice to see Ollie Watkins come on in the 70th minute. Nice to see him being able to rest his legs as well, as well as Diaby coming on in the same minute. Zaniola came on a minute prior to that and Dougie Louise as well. It's just nice to see a little bit more, of a of a rotation and I know, I know some people complaining about that but I mean they'd be complaining if we had our full strength side and had no options on the bench so at the end of the day Seb what would we do if we had no rotation we're going to complain either way aren't we yeah you, you've seen it with other teams this season you, well Newcastle being the one um, in a very similar position to us in terms of perhaps overperforming where they were expected to finish Last season, you know, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had some poor results. Questions were asked of how, obviously exiting the Champions League in the fashion that they did. So, you know, you've got to rely on squad players. I don't know how many times. I think I remember, you know, our first few years in the Premier League, most weeks it said I was on the podcast complaining about squad depth and squad rotation and, you know, the the necessity to to be able to trust your squad as a manager. And I feel like, over the last year and a half, maybe we are we are finally at that stage, and you know there's nothing to say that we can't compete on all three fronts this year. Absolutely. Well, looking at that game as a whole, I think we can close the books on that one and say that's probably our shortest recap ever. But unless you have anything else you want to bring up about it, and you're shaking your head no, so we'll move on ever so swiftly. And I did want to keep that one short and concise because I know a lot of people even watching the game and speaking to them whether it be on social media or off that, on WhatsApp, whatever. A lot of them just were happy the game was over with. It's a win. And I think it's best to leave it at that. We don't need to discuss man of the matches or anything like that as well. Of course, there was the FA Cup draw on Monday when we're recording this. You guys will likely hear this on Tuesday at some point, I would imagine, or Wednesday, depending on when you want to listen to it. So hello, future us, and hello, future listeners, of course. But annoyingly, we've drawn Chelsea in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, yeah, it's it's not the most pleasing draw. It's a little bit annoying, especially when you look at some of the other results. I mean, Seb, just quickly, who would you prefer to draw in the fourth round if you could be so bold to choose? And I just say, you know what, little balls, we don't we don't need to pick from your little baskets. We can pick the team that we want to. Where, where would you sit with that? I'd, um, I'm really jealous of the fact that Baggies and and Wolves get to play against each other. I'd love a rivalry, of course, any fan would, especially the fact seeing that Blues are still in, obviously, if they beat Hull in the replay, with Baggies and Wolves also still in. I'd have loved a Maidstone um, or or someone of that calibre. But (laughs) at the same time, last year, if you'd have said, oh, do you want to draw Stevenage, I'd have gone... (laughs) Yes, please. And and that didn't turn out very well. So I I, I feel as though you could, you could put a negative spin on anyone, um, anyone that comes out the hat next to your name. It's annoying that it's not a home game with our record at home this season. Um, but looking on the bright side, the last two occasions that we've gone to Stamford Bridge, we have kept a clean sheet in both, having come away with wins in both. Um even when we went there in the Carabao Cup, we we took them to penalties, and I remember having a having a weaker squad out there with with Cameron Archer obviously scoring that incredible header. So, 
you know, there's I've I've got every confidence that we can go there and and go into the next round. Um, I'd like to see a full strength team, but at the same time, Chelsea are are going to be bang up for it as well. They've taken the cups face seriously this season. Obviously, they're not in Europe, so they're in the semi-finals of the Carabao Cup. Um, play against Middlesbrough, so it looks as though they're going to be going to Wembley on that front. And I don't see why Pochettino, with their poor league form, would would want to give up the FA Cup too easily, either. So it's it's a bit of an annoying one. It's a really difficult one to call. Um, I think it has the potential to be a good game. Um, and if we win, technically, if you want to look at it a certain way, we will have knocked one of the big boys out, and that will be one less top six teams I use with quotation marks um, left left in the competition. So you can look at it anyway. It's we're, we're still in. Let's look at it that way. And we're, we have every chance of going through. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just quickly in my thoughts, when I look at the team still in it, I mean, I, I would have loved to draw on the winner of Eastley or Newport, just different teams. Um, Coventry would have been a good one. Of course, if you want that Ryan Reynolds money, you could, uh, say Wrexham, I'd even take Black Blackburn, just a little bit different. You look at Plymouth. I mean, we talked pre-recording, said that would work out for you uh, geographically. Made Stone or Hipswich. It's just, it is a little bit of a shame um, when you look at the kind of route that some teams will have to take. But again, it's the luck of the draw, the curse of the draw. I mean, Spurs, <laughs> true city. So at the end of the day, maybe um, that's not so great for them, of course. And again, that'll be another big boy um, out of the competition too so you can look at it that way as even more of a, a a benefit to moving on to the fifth round if Villa can get past Chelsea I think it's more than possible we'll have to wait and see in terms of how things play out with Villa in terms of the transfer window injuries uh, schedule in and around it what the real priority is um, only of course those inside the training ground and Unai Emery's mind will know, so mainly probably Unai Emery. But all in all, we'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. But moving ever so swiftly, let's talk about Jean Duran for a few moments here, Seb. I mean, he's been a hot topic, especially on social media and in the press, in terms of his villa future, which is odd because he's only been at the club for just around a year now. There was links with that I've now passed. I think it's pretty obvious to say with AC Milan and them being interested in getting him this window. And of course, I don't know if it was actual quotes for him or what's being derived from what, or it's a language thing. Who knows? Uh, but apparently he said he wanted to move to Milan because he loved Flatten Ibrahimovic. Uh, fair enough. Um, we've seen Jean Duran on Twitter with what he posts sometimes, which, and I don't know if you're a fan of that or not, or the way his body language is at times when he's being taken off, or there's also been things as well that apparently with him and Emery, they don't always see eye to eye. You got to keep in mind, of course, he's 20. He's still extremely young, but I mean, where do you sit with Jean Duran at this point in time? And I, I'm not, we're not talking about this just to preface this for the listeners to throw hate on him, but I, I think it's worth a discussion because um, of course, aside from Ollie Watkins, he is the next striker up. And aside from that, it's basically no one who was an out-and-out striker. But again, Seb, where do you sit with Jean Duran at this time? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I see a really good player in there. I see someone who could potentially have a really bright future at the football club. Um I try to take the reports that we've seen with a pinch of salt. And for those who are unaware, there's been many reports online that he has um, become unhappy with his lack of starts, with his lack of game time. He's been unhappy um, being brought off in matches. One that was mentioned was the European game where he was pulled off at half time. Um, And there have also been reports that he has perhaps not seen eye to eye with Unai Emery in recent times. Um, I, 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 oh, this is hard. I'd be really disappointed to lose him. Um, I think a loan could potentially do the world of good for him. I can't see Milan coming in for a six month loan. And also it put us in a difficult position because it would mean we'd have to recruit a striker uh, in January, which is, which is never easy. Um, it would probably have to be a loan because in the summer we're potentially looking at a front three of Watkins, Duran and Archer. So um, it it would probably have to be a loan in that regard, which makes... Our... Well, yeah, because there's that clause that if, if Sheffield United go down, which is looking likely, then we have to buy him back. Oh, I wasn't even aware of that. Or maybe yeah. I wasn't. I forgot about it. Okay, you're on top of this. You young kids these days. I've been that to <laughs> my mind. But anyway, Seb, continue. I mean, I mean, whether we keep him or whether you know that's a conversation for another time. But what I'm what I'm saying is, hypothetically, we could see ourselves in a situation where if Duran goes out only on loan, we could have that front three. So then, bringing in another striker and potentially spending money wouldn't seem like the best choice. And bringing in a six month loan for a striker, I mean, strikers already are like gold dust these days, um, as we knew for many years before we signed Ollie Watkins. So bringing one in on a short-term loan who would be happy to be back up. I mean, I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision because I think it could cause many sleepless nights. Anyway, I'm I'm drifting on the question that was asked, and that was Duran. Um, I, 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 it's really difficult because you don't want someone who doesn't want to be at the football club. Um mm. And, you know, it It feels like Emery has put a lot of hard work into having a team full of players who are a team, whether that's the ones involved, whether that's the ones not. We saw that the reports came out that Longley wasn't very happy and he's started a lot of games since. Emery is always talking about the want to keep players happy and the want to have players um, ready to step up for the team, like Dendonka who's done it in 
incredible fashion and has barely put a foot wrong when he has been called upon. So in that regard, I, I do think a loan would be would be good for him. But then again, we're seeing now that if we put a loan out, then there's probably a, a fee involved at the end of it. So whether he's a Villa player at the end of the month, I don't know. I hope that he is because I do see a lot of potential there and I do really like him as a player and as a person. You know, he he seems a very likeable character if you take away his social media antics. Um and and we're forgetting that he is he is just a young lad. So in answer to your question, I've sort of tiptoed around it and and sort of walked around the edges of it slightly, but I I hope that he's a Villa player come the end of the month is going to be my answer. Well, how does the fence feel, Seth? How does the fence feel? But no, I mean, all in all, I think it's one of those things where, and we were talking pre-recording that I wanted to bring this up. I think you can liken it a lot to the Yuri Tillman's uh, media comments that were definitely taken out of context when he was on international duty with Belgium. Um, you can probably liken it to that quite a lot because who really knows? And you look at Yuri Tillman's now, of course, and you, you wouldn't even believe that those things ever would have been true either. So, I, again, take everything with, uh, with a pinch of salt, I guess you could say. And I'm just looking at Duran's minutes this season. And, of course, maybe, of course, as a 20-year-old, he's hoping for a lot more. But across this, it looks like he's played almost 650 minutes. Uh, he's played a heck of a lot in the Conference League. He scored, what, four goals in 22 appearances, which you might not say is the greatest, but considering the minutes and the times he typically comes on games when he's not starting, which in the Premier League is a majority of those. That's uh, 13 games he's featured in, whether he's started or, of course, uh, came off the bench, which I would imagine like 99.9% of those off the top of my head, were, or if not all, are coming off the bench. So it, you have to put that into context. And it also has to be more of a a team mindset like you said ever so well Seb this is something that is greater than Jean Duran and I think he realizes that whether it's the media just linking a young player with another move and he said somewhere oh I, I loved AC Milan as a kid and then they make the story from there that probably sounds like kind of the likelier truth but I mean all in all if that's his hopes and his dreams and his desire is to leave this month then you know Villa will be working around the clock to maybe make that happen if they have someone in mind and can get that done. If not, he stays and they reassess. We're no longer a desperate football side, so we don't really have to worry about that. Um, if you're wondering what Ali Samata or Borja Bastin are doing these days, we don't have to worry about that either. So I don't think there's really much to worry about. I, I think there's a lot of media stuff that people maybe wonder about and again like I said if it is true and he wants to leave then he can go in my mind and I don't hold any ill will and I don't think a lot of Villa fans will but no one is bigger than the football club too so you can look at it whatever way you want I just I don't think there's a lot to read into it but again I thought it was very important to bring up because again it's something that a lot of people have addressed and had their opinions on and we figured why not just add a little bit more to the opinion thought on that one but we'll move on of course just to talk about the Everton game on Sunday at Goodison Park of course back in Premier League action there's only two games Premier League games I should say this month in January I don't know why it's only January 8th when we're recording and it feels like January's the last like 30 days with how slow the last weeks went at least for me personally 
But I mean, Seb, heading into this one, we have a very, very good record against Everton uh, since we've been relegated. But how you feel about heading into this one at Goodison Park? I think it's going to be a really difficult game. They look a completely different side this season. Um, and I think that that's credit to Sean Dyche and also the mentality of the team, obviously, with with recent dealings off the pitch, they've they've bounced back really well. They've sort of taken their name slightly away from the relegation conversation. And, you know, like I said, with a with a ten point deduction, that is that's never easy. Um that being said, I would be disappointed with anything less than three points in the position we are. We have to almost take away the noise surrounding the game and create noise on the pitch. Um in a claret and blue persuasion. I think we'll have enough. It, it obviously depends on the injuries. You know, Pau Torres is still up in the air. Tielemans hasn't played in a while. Bertrand Traore is somewhere or other out there. Um, I know he's gone away on international duty. So um, there's other injuries that, that don't cross my mind at this moment in time. Yeah. Like you said, we've got, we've got quite a good record there actually. Um, We've we've won that. It's a shame Buendia's injured because he loves the game of goodness. <laughs> he <Park>. does. <laughs> um, yes, no, that's that's his stomping ground really. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to try and win there for him. Um, I I can't I can't see us winning. I don't know why. I don't I I don't know why. Uh, whether it's our our poor form at keeping goals out away from home, I don't know. Um, but hope, hopefully I'm proved wrong. Absolutely. Well, of course, Everton beat Villa at the end of September in the League Cup 2-1. I mean, it wasn't a pretty result. And I think there's a lot of uh, personnel change for Villa in that one off the thing off the top of my head. But as a little bit of a quiz question to those listening and to Seb, of course, who can be the one to answer for everybody. You remember the last time we lost Everton to the league? God, I have to answer for the people. This is you a lot have of pressure. to be the people's, pe- the people's person. I'll give you a hint. Simon was in my position. He'd have given you the answer by now. I'll give you a hint. It was pre-relegation. Yeah, well, I was. I was going to say we have a good record there. The the one-all draw um, still hurts to this day, and that was the moment I thought we were down when we when we first came back up. Um, how did we get on the year we went down? I'm trying to remember. Oh, you're getting close. Um, see that season I've sort of blanked out. Um, I remember losing to, to most teams that season. Um, well, here, so I'll put you out of your misery because we lost twice that season. Um, to Everton, uh, they beat us four nil, and then we lost to them three one. Of course, the last time we lost to them was March first, twenty sixteen. A three one. It was four nil at Goodison, right? Three one at Villa Park. Yes, I believe so. I'm not finding. It. Yes, it is. Get cracked. Yeah, because yeah. was it Tom? No, who scored at Villa Park? Because I was there. Okay, so we lost three one to Everton at Villa Park. Who do you think scored for Villa? That one goal it was in the 79th minute. Yeah, was it to make it three one? Was... Yes. Yes. Oh, we, had some, we had some real big hitters in the team at that time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I'm just I'm, uh, I'm joking, people. Was it Jordan I? It was Rudy Gestead in the 79th minute. Gestead? <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, one, of his, one of his many goals. <laughs> one of his many barn-burning goals. 
Uh, we were three nil down at that point in time. Of course, Funes Mori scored in the fifth minute. It's all rushing back to me now that I say the names. Aaron Lennon uh, scored in the 30th and Romelu Lukaku scored in the 60th. Villa's team at that point in time was Brad Guzan, Ali Zizoko, Alan Hutton, Micah Richards, Julian Lescott, Leandro Bakuna, Kieran Clark, Ashley Westwood. I don't know why it has, he's the only player that has his initial in it for his middle name. This is R. Westwood, but anyways. Um, Adrissa Gay, Gabby, and Jordan Ayu, of course. And um, our bench was even better. Mark Bunn, Jordan Lydon, uh, Akore, Heal, Veritu, Gested, and Sinclair. Yeah. Was I right in thinking we only had three wins that season, or was it three wins at Villa Park? So I remember beating Norwich. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. We I beat just... Norwich, we obviously beat Bournemouth away on the opening day, and then I think it was Crystal Palace at home. That we, I think it was three wins at Villa Park. Um, I don't want to talk about it, Sam. Let's, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's, it's, it's not something you want to talk about, let's be honest. I, I think we'll we'll lose a lot of people if we reminisce on the 15-16 season. <laughs> But like you said there so well, of course, Everton are in 17th place. They had a 10-point reduction, so technically they would be on uh, 26 points instead of 16. That would sit them technically above Bournemouth. They'd be in 12th, uh, which is actually very impressive considering. And no, I don't mean this in a very harmful manner, but considering their squad, the lack of investment opportunities they have with FFP and everything with ownership going on, um, Sean Dyche is definitely punching well above his weight with that squad, in my opinion. And they've been in some good form, a little bit unlucky as of late. And I think it's important to also mention they drew nil-nil with Palace on Thursday in the FA Cup. So they do have a replay, I think, on the 17th. So that has to be put into our minds as well. Because when you sit back and look at that, of course, Villa... um, would only be what they play us three days prior to that replay. So will they have one eye on that? Technically, where's like priority? It'll be interesting because their squad isn't extremely deep, so there might not be too much rotation. So we'll have to wait and see. But all in all, there's a lot of games for everyone to play. So who knows what comes into mind with that? But I mean, looking at their results from since basically the start of November, they've beaten Burnley three nil, drew one all against Brighton. Beat Palace 3 2, lost to United 3 0, beat Everton 1 0, or sorry, beat Everton, beat Force 1 0. I guess they could beat themselves, definitely, technically. Um, they beat uh, Newcastle United 3 0, Chelsea 2 0, Burnley 2 0, drew 1 all against Fulham, lost 2 1 to Spurs, lost 3 1 to City, and have most recently lost in the league to Wolves 3 0. So a little bit of a slide, but keep in mind that was Spurs and City and a very resolute Wolves side as well. So it's going to be a tough one. But when you sit back and you look at this, I know, Seb, that you said you're a little bit nervous for it and aren't expecting a whole lot. But it it, it is a tricky one because we've seen Villa be a little bit more nitty-gritty in some games, and it hasn't been pretty, but we pulled out a result. Do you think this could be one of those games potentially, or do you think it's it's Sean Dyche, he's going to shithouse his way and it's just it's it's not going to be pretty. No, I I I I agree with your first statement. Um, you know, I, I do think we'll we'll have the determination and the professionalism, and it could be one of those nitty gritty. I don't think it will be an easy encounter, um, definitely. But there's there's no reason why we can't go there and win with the quality on the pitch that we have, um, and how we've shown this season that we can get a result perhaps when we're not at our best, even not in the league, 
like we did at the weekend. Um, but I think it'll be an interesting game tactically. Villa have have typically struggled against teams that play a low block. Um, Everton don't really play that at home. Whether they resort to that, it depends whether whether Sean Dyche has done his homework. But um, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that I'm expecting um, them to win. I, I I think we will have too much quality. But there's. There's always a potential there for a for a potential slip up or a frustrating afternoon. Lastly, before we uh, wrap things up here, Seb, do you want to guess who Everton's top goal scorer this season is? I don't I, like. I wouldn't have suspected this, but if you know, then I'll I'll give you five star points, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Abdullah Dekore? It is Abdullah Dekore. He has is six it? goals and two assists. In 20 games. If you have him in FPL and play FPL, you've done very well. He might be injured for this one. Get that uh, on the CV. Yeah, I, uh, I I do keep an eye on his uh, fitness because I do want to add him to my FPL team because he's been doing very well. Plays a little bit more advanced. He's very physical, and I think that's been bedding, uh, benefiting him. But do you want to guess the second one? That's pretty oh, obvious. Can I have a clue? I, I mean, he technically should be the first. That should be your clue. Um, just based on the position he plays. <laughs> well, yeah, I was I was thinking strikers, um, but it it won't be Calvert Lewin because he's barely played. It would Is be Calvert Lewin. Yeah, he has four goals and an assist. Third would be Beto with three goals and an assist. Dwight McNeil has two goals and five assists. Mike McNeil um, was gonna be was gonna be my next guess. It feels like Calvert Lewin's barely played. He he obviously scored against us in the cup, but yeah. And of course, um, Ashley Young is on that list, tied for eleventh with one goal and no assists. Um, yeah. Same amount of red cards as goals. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the days when we were actively linked with Dwight McNeil for like what felt like eternity? Yes, yes. <laughs> I remember. I remember trying to rubbish those links, saying that it it wouldn't be a good move. Same as Todd Campbell, actually. But let's not go down that road. Well, that was like when we were linked with Jack Harrison in the summer, and apparently it was real, but then it wasn't real. I kind of wonder, to be honest, how that one would have worked out. But I mean, we'll never know. So, well, we, we don't really have to concern ourselves with it. But, anyways. We should probably wrap things up there. I think that's good enough for this one, unless Mr. Seb, who's looking at the sky and hoping that Dwight McNeil doesn't sign for us in the future. Do you have anything else you want to mention before we wrap this thing up? No, no, I was just watching the full-time whistle go in the United-Wigan game. So oh, well, that's all from me. Did, did United win? I haven't paid attention. Yeah, they did 2-0. Well, well, come on, Wigan, you should be doing better. Um, mental to think that Wigan were in the Premier League at one time, but they were. But anyways, we will wrap things up there. There's a shout out to you, Wigan fans, the, to the 0.0001% that might have actually listened to this podcast at some point in your history. We will leave things there and wrap it up. Um, in terms of future content, we should be back very, very soon, of course, probably most likely post Everton to wrap that one up. And then, of course, uh, we will figure things out as there's a little bit of a break. So maybe we'll throw in another little bit of a transfer video in between then and then maybe a preview for the Chelsea. And uh, we'll have to wait and see for the rest. But like I said, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Seb for joining me. Find him on Twitter slash X at Sebastian Bacon 8. You can find me on there at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to hold and email the podcast podcast at gmail.com and if you've gotten to this point in care i did mention before the last one that we will have a bunch of changes coming up in terms of trying to just kind of 
amplify the podcast and improve it and make it a little bit more, um, I don't know if you say professional, but um, maybe I think it will look a little bit more professional. But those changes are coming soon. Um, I, I do promise, hopefully in the next few weeks or at least the start of February, it's just taken a lot longer to get uh, ducks in a row and get uh, graphic designers and all that kind of stuff done. But anyways, we will have that out for you all as soon as possible. Enjoy your day, night, whatever time you're listening to this. We will be back soon. And don't forget, up the villa.